You are asked to work communications for a large search for a missing elderly person in an area spanning two miles of forest. There will be checkpoints along various logging roads and hiking trails watching while searchers do grid searches. You are available and you're willing to help. Would you be ready to leave quickly and have the equipment you could need? We'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast today. We're glad you're here with us. We certainly appreciate you taking your time to listen to the podcast. And we do ask that you share that. That's how the show grows. And you have created some phenomenal growth in the last six months, and we certainly do appreciate it. Now, let's talk about go bags, radio go bags in particular. Deployments will vary. We mentioned in the introduction the working a checkpoint in a search for a missing elderly person, but there's all kinds of things that you could be asked to take part in. It might be a 5K run. It might be a full marathon. It might be a bike ride or a bike race. Krista and I are doing horse rides in the Talladega National Forest coming up in May and again in September when we will be camping for a few days there and we'll be providing communications for that horse ride. And I have worked searches for missing persons in the past. It's not an uncommon thing. Now, the locations are various as well. You might be on the side of the road along the route. You might be at checkpoints where bike riders come in and have a rest area, have a check-in, have a snack, water. You might be working one of those. You might be working a sag wagon. Now, a sag wagon is usually a bicycle shop's repair van that travels the route of the bike ride and it picks up breakdowns, or it makes repairs, or it picks up stragglers that may not want to finish the race. Equipment-wise, you can use, and I have done this in a sag wagon. I have worked those several times. I've used an HT, a handheld ham radio with a magnetic antenna stuck on top of the van. I've also used a two-meter rig that was powered by a jump box and that same magnetic antenna. Just depends on the distances that you may be covering as to what you might need. Along logging roads and hiking trails, that's what we'll be on in the National Forest with the Yellowhammer horse ride. But it could be the same kind of thing with missing persons where you might be along those logging roads or those hiking trails. In the horse ride, not only are we providing communications with protecting these folks, But we're also checking in their rider number as they come by. So as the horses come by, especially in the early checkpoints, it can be rather fun, rather hectic there for a few minutes when you've got 15 riders coming through. But we keep four or five different people working that checkpoint in the early portions of the ride. There's a number of ways to set up radio go boxes. 
And this works whether you're doing ham radio, whether you're doing GMRS, whatever kind of radio you're using. The radio system does not matter. It all sets up quite similarly. And they run from simple to elaborate. I know folks that have their go box set up with computers so that they can run packet radio. I know folks that have it set up with HF, with D-Star, with Fusion. But I know many, many more who have nothing more than a 2-meter or even an HT. But a 2-meter is used many times in these type of operations. It might be UHF in some areas where UHF is prevalent. That might be their preferred repeater or whatever to use. But the simple will be used for our purposes today. Let's talk about setting up our bag. There are three things that we must have. A radio, a power source, and an antenna. If you're looking at using an HT, that may suffice. See, a handheld is all of those things in one. It is a radio, it's a power source, and it's an antenna. Now, I would recommend, and we have done on our HTs, upgraded the antenna on there. See, the rubber duck sucks, the stock antenna stinks, the little shorty two or three inch antenna is garbage, and the ball cap antenna that they sell at Hamfest and people walk around and use only that day, they're even worse than garbage. But we recommend either the Nagoya 771 or a similar diamond, and I think that number is 771 as well. But we have both of those antennas, and both perform far superior to the stock antenna that comes on the HT. Now, depending on where you're located, you may need a more powerful rig. To have a more powerful rig, you can either increase power, you can improve the antenna, or both. Now, let's talk about the antenna first. We mentioned upgrading the antenna but you can also use a magnetic antenna on that HT if you're working out in the woods somewhere. And I have taken a length of coax and run that coax back inside my truck and connect to my antenna that goes to my normal radio in the truck. So I'm actually operating off of my mobile antenna. It's something that we often use, and they get set up on this horse ride ahead of time on some of the particular stations, and that is a roll-up J-pole. And a J-pole is really a very, very simple antenna. And this particular, the roll-up J-pole, is really made from a piece of ladder line or a TV antenna twin line. And there are instructions all over the internet about how to cut one of those, how to build one of those, and how to attach it to your coax. And you can roll it up, stick it in a backpack, and go. Increasing your power could require a mobile radio. There are a few checkpoints on this particular horse ride that an HT just will not suffice because of the distance. So these people are doing 25, 50, and 75-mile horse rides on those two days, and some of those are at a point where you need more power to get back. So what we do, the guy that coordinates this thing, he goes up a week ahead of time, and in these particular ones, he puts up a roll-up J-pole or a J-pole made out of ladder line, and he has the coax coming down to where you're going to be. So all you do is... Go up with your equipment, connect it to the antenna that's already about 30 feet up in the tree, 
and it works very, very well. But now increasing that power could require a mobile radio. An inexpensive 2-meter rig or a 2-meter 70-centimeter rig will work great, and most of those run up 50 watts, 60 watts, and you won't need that much. Most of the time when we do this, and I'm using a mobile radio in the woods, I use 25 watts. And I do that because the choices on this particular radio are 5, 25, and 65 watts. I don't need 65. 5 is not quite enough. So I use the 25 watt, and it does great. Now let's talk about power sources. When it comes to the HT, it's battery operated, so the power source is self-contained either rechargeable or changeable, mostly AA batteries, but whatever way that power source is included in that handy talkie. On mobiles, if you're going to set up a mobile, and we'll talk about how to do that in the woods here in just a minute, but you're going to need some type of 12-volt power source. Usually, most of us attach it to a car battery of some sort or even a deep cycle battery and connect it directly to the battery. So I have some cables that have alligator clips on them, but you can also use small locking pliers. I have a little set of needle nose vice grips, and I can put that wire across that post and I can clamp it down with those. You just need to have a solid connection. You can't just wrap the wire around the post on the battery and it be dependable. And I said a while ago, you can use a deep cycle battery. And if you're going to be doing multiple days, and we would use these in disasters from time to time when we were working a week or two at a time, they are made to discharge just like a trolling motor battery, marine battery, is designed to be discharged quite considerably and then charged back up and do that multiple times. And you don't want to do that a lot with your car battery, but you can do it once in a while. And sometimes I would raise the hood of my truck and just attach my alligator clip to the actual battery in the truck without removing anything or without having a second battery. If you're attaching it to a jump box, you know, you have a black lead and a red lead that's positive and negative. And some of those have a sawtooth where it grips the post. And sometimes that doesn't want to grip the wire of a radio very well. So a trick that I learned is, and I put pennies in my go box for this purpose, and that's to put the wire between a pair of pennies and then put that jumper cable clip on those pennies. And that squeezes it together. And the copper is a very good conductor. So it's just a way to make sure that thing stays put because when I first started doing that, I had trouble. The wire kept slipping out and things. And I figured out use two pennies, and it just holds it in place all day long. Now, you can also use a lawn tractor battery if you're not going to be there that long. Probably last you all day, but I wouldn't look for getting multiple days out of a lawn tractor battery. Now, another thing that many of us have, and I have several types of, di of quick disconnects. But now you need to be very, very careful that you get the polarity correct on these. You hook your radio up backwards, you let the smoke out of your radio. You let the smoke out, it doesn't work anymore. Now, if you do that, and I've done that on one, that I could go in there and clip a particular diode that protects that circuitry, and that diode blew, and it let smoke out. Well, we went inside, and we clipped that diode, and it works again. 
if I ever hook it up backwards again, then it's going to be ready for the trash can. It will burn up the inside of that radio. So be very, very careful with that polarity. Now, Anderson power poles are very popular, and that's a way of a quick disconnect. And one advantage to that is some places, like a net control, they'll have a multi-plug power source of Anderson power poles, and you can just plug your equipment into that. Son-in-law uses those to connect to his system in the house. He uses, like I do, a mobile as his base radio, and he uses Anderson power poles. And I use a slightly different type of quick disconnect here. So if I'm going to plug into his, then I am going to need to use one of the adapters that I have made that has different types. And it's just a, it's basically a jumper from one type of quick disconnect to the other. But that's just some considerations. Now, if you're going to be working some of these rides, you may want to take a card table with you to set up out there. Or I carry a what looks like a milk crate. You can buy them in the office supply stores. You can buy them in box stores. And it just looks like a milk crate. And we use them in the back of the car as part of our car bag, car gear kind of thing. This stores the jumper cables and it has the toe strap and it has different things in it. So I can take that and it will sit on the ground. And then I put my radio, I actually turned it upside down and it sits on the ground and I can put my radio on top of that. So it has it about 14 inches off of the ground. And you're also going to want a comfortable folding chair. And we have some camp chairs that are not the 6 and $7 kind that we've gone through several times since we do more camping now than we used to. We actually invested in a couple of really nice, very comfortable folding chairs, and these were about 60 bucks a piece, and they have a table on one side and a beverage holder on the other side, so I can put my thermos on one side and my coffee on the other. But you may be sitting there for quite a while, and that puts that crate with the radio at just the perfect height. You're also going to want to have some rain gear and some cold weather gear to go with you appropriate to the time of year. And you're probably going to want a hat or a cap. So that's just some of the things that I carry when I go and work these kinds of things. Let's talk about my radio box. This is not necessarily a go box, but this contains a lot of things. Now, I can throw it in the truck for a quick deployment. I can throw it in the truck and let's go. But it has several of those quick disconnects in there. It has jumpers that I have pre-made quick disconnects with alligator clips. It has paracord in it, and there are many uses for that. And this particular time, it's good for tying up a tarp to make shade or to make a rain protection. That paracord can also be used to pull up that J-pole, or as I have done, I've used a metal commercial antenna, and I've pulled a magnetic up into a tree just to get the additional height. But to get that paracord over a limb, you need some type of light line and a weight. One thing that I used to use was about a one-inch nut. I just tied that light line on it, and you can throw it, or you can shoot it with a slingshot, or you can use a one-ounce fishing weight. But it's to get that line across the limb 
and then you tie it to the paracord and you pull it back over the limb and then you attach it to your antenna and then you pull it up. So your antenna is being supported by the paracord. So it's relatively safe where a good wind might break it if it were that light line. So that's just something to consider having in there as well. Certainly you're going to want some electrical tape. You're going to want some duct tape because what prepper would ever be self-respecting caught in public without duct tape? Another thing that you're going to need from time to time is extra fuses for your radio. So just go ahead and get some ahead of time and have them in your box. Need some hand tools in there too. Screwdrivers, pliers. It's good to have standard pliers, needle nose pliers, locking pliers, the vice grip type, the smaller ones can be used to attach to a battery. I like to have an adjustable wrench in there, about a 5-inch adjustable wrench. If I need anything bigger, I can go back to the truck. I keep a 10-inch in the truck. And you need some Allen wrenches as well because that's what you use to do antenna adjustments. Now, in mine and many folks that I know in their radio box carry a soldering iron and some solder. From time to time, we need to solder connections uh, when we are away from home and on site. We also carry some heat shrink. Before I solder that joint, I will put about a two-inch piece of heat shrink on there, slide it up where it's not being heated by the soldering, let the solder joint cool, slide it back down over that joint, and then take out my little torch lighter and heat that heat shrink and just secure that and protect that joint. So that's something to have in there. Certainly want to have some flashlights. Now I like the headband light when you are out there and you need to be able to use both hands. You just kind of point your nose where you want your light to go and it goes. Another good thing to have to put on your table or to have with you is a small LED lantern. If you're working a checkpoint that does two things, it gives somebody that's lost a reference point. They may see that light and come to you, but it also provides light for you to work on your radio, to work around your table and do things you need to do. Carry some cell phone charger cords so that you can charge up your phone when you need to. And I carry power banks to do that. I don't have to worry about going through an inverter or putting my phone back in the vehicle and charge it up in there. I just plug in that power bank and it charges the phone right there. You need to carry a pen, a marker, and some paper. You may need to pass a note. You may need to leave a note. You may need to write down some traffic that you need to pass or that's passed to you. And it helps to have a clipboard to go with that paper as well. Now, here's three things that I don't want to be out in the woods working a checkpoint without these three things. One is insect repellent. We mentioned the other day, some places, some of you guys could have the mosquito as your state bird. Some of them are about the size of crows, it looks like, but you can get eat up out in the woods with insects. So insect repellent is a very, very important thing to have with you, as is sunscreen. If you're working, you don't want to turn and look like a lobster when you get through working this thing and come home with sunburn. So some sunscreen in there is a very good thing to have. And what's in addition to my car bag is a first aid kit inside my radio go box. Most of the time when you're out there, your needs are going to be small. 
A little bit of antibiotic cream and a Band-Aid will cover most of the things that you would get into working these checkpoints. So I have a very minimal first aid kit in there, but I have the bigger stuff in the car. So we've covered a little bit about what's in my go box, what's in some other folks' go box, some of the things that you will need if you're working these checkpoints. If you're involved in radio in some way, I would encourage you to get involved with ARIES, your local ARIES group. And if you want to get in contact with them, call your county EMA. They will be able to put you in touch or tell you when the meetings are and how you can get involved in that. There are a lot of folks in ham radio that are trained in search and rescue. There are a lot of folks that can't go th- tromp through the woods, but they can get to a point in a vehicle. They can set up a radio and they can observe And what they're doing is they're sitting on that point watching that trail or watching that road while that grid search is being done. So there's a place for you if you're into radio. If you're not into radio, I would encourage you to get into it. It's a fascinating hobby. There's something for everybody. You can do just about anything you want to do. I was reading a conversation between a couple of guys today and they were talking about making space station contacts. And so it's a very interesting thing to do. Or you can just talk to your neighbor down the street. But a lot of fun. And we'll be more than happy to help you. If you're interested in giving your ham radio license, drop me an email. I will send you a study guide. It's free. And give you some of the resources that you'll be able to use for that. And if you do that, We may catch you on the radio sometime. So for today, 73 from KI4DHS, Kilo India 4, Delta Hotel Sierra, North Alabama. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens, stay prepared.